Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy Thursday, everyone. This is Brian filling in for Producer Grant for the Lori and Julia Show, heading into the second hour of the program. Coming up this hour, we got Hollywood Speak, LoJ Book Club, Julia's Random Thoughts, and right now, Super Bowl Apalooza. It is a Super Bowl Apalooza. Are you guys ready to um, just say today who who you think is going to win and give a score? Like oh, I am. is that what we're doing? We're well, doing it right one, now. You, know, you can do it now or at the end of the show. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Bengals, and it's gonna be 27-24 by a field goal. Okay. Okay. She got that from Casey. Yeah. Well, no, not from Casey, but from a couple, a variety of people's in. in All right, twenty-seven, twenty-four. Bengals. Okay. Even though. What about you, Brian? Yeah. What do you think? Um, I think. Uh, I'm thinking. I want the Bengals to win, but I think LA will win. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go thirty-four, thirty-one. I'm writing this down. Yeah. Okay. 34-31. So you think a field goal, close game, but it'll Very be close game. Rams. Rams. Okay, so I, I mix. I want the Bengals to win because they're the underdog. Yep. And yeah. I, they've never done it. But I also want the Rams to win because the offensive coach is going to be our new head coach. Mm-hmm. And if he can win a Super Bowl, that would have a little... Yeah. That would be a good feeling so what's coming into Minnesota. What are you picking? Um, I'm going to pick... Yeah. You can come back at the end of the show. We can give you time because... The, thank you. Thank you, Laura. Yeah, you don't have to decide right because now. Because Brian really, and I are in agreement. You guys agreement. were already prepared. Well, we're Those just in agreement on the field goal. Yep, it's going to be a very close, close game, game, I think. Okay. I hope so, because that makes everything more fun. The blowouts are boring. Yeah, for sure. I think so, too. And the Super Bowl halftime show, people are getting all excited because really... Nothing brings the nation together or apart more than the 12 minutes of the Super Bowl halftime show. Oh, yeah. It is. People who don't even like football tune in to watch this. Twitter sets on fire right, right away. And uh, the real show, and it it, it can, we've had amazing Super Bowl uh, halftime and we've had terrible ones. I think it's universally agreed that Prince had the best Super Bowl. Uh, whenever you see polls on this, they're always just like, Prince, Prince, Prince. Definitely had the number one Super Bowl. But in this new list that I saw today, um, uh, they have Prince as number one. Um, Beyonce uh, in 2013, where, you know, it was, she was dancing with, you know, reunited with Destiny's Child, yes. had the marching band. J-Lo and Shakira, number they three. They were great. They awesome. were amazing. I thought they were great. Madonna came in at number four. That was in 2012. And uh, she always has the most amazing backup dancers. And she had it then. Bruno Mars and Beyonce and Coldplay. 
Loved it, 2016. 2016. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gloria Estefan, Stevie Wonder, and Big Bad Voodoo Daddy all the way back in 1999. And what was more zeitgeisty in 1999 than ska and swing dancing and a medley of Stevie Wonder songs? And so if you haven't ever watched that, um, also Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Yeah, that was... In 2008. Mm -hmm. Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band in 2009. And... In number 10 in 1998, Boys to Men, Smokey Robinson, Martha Reeves, The Temptations, and Queen Latifah. Mm. Oh, nice. Yeah. Now, the top three worst ones are considered by the same listicle. Okay. As um, number three in the third worst, Insync, Britney, and Aerosmith. Okay. In 2001. Just terrible. Um Second worst, Maroon 5 in 2019. That here, was here. weird. Travis it was Scott terrible. and yeah. Big Boy. It was just terrible. Yeah. And uh, coming in at number one is the Justin Tim- Timberlake halftime show here in uh, Minneapolis because it was just painful all the way around. Oh, I was going to say like the Katy Perry one. Katy Perry, Missy Elliott, and Lenny Kravitz. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of that you one. Were? That was 2015. Yeah. Well, here's... here's um So... TopTenCasinos.com sent us a list, and we have to say their name, Laurie, by the way. And what they did is, you know, we all know this, but performers do not get paid to perform the halftime show. Right. And, um, but what they get is, I also thought Lady Gaga's was great, and she wasn't on that list, but I thought she did a great job when she did hers. Yeah, I Um, did too. It was San Francisco, right? Yeah, I don't know where it was, but she Mm -hmm. was great. But, so they say... Since YouTube has been around, it has monetized kind of besides the downloads of the music and things. So of the views people got on YouTube after their halftime performance, and this is only going back since YouTube has been really a thing that only goes back to like 2007. Mm -hmm. And the least viewed um, views on YouTube after the halftime show, and I think it might be the year two was Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers because it was 2008. But um, Justin Timberlake, who was well into YouTube in 2018, mm-hmm. has one of the lowest views. Yeah, people hated that halftime show, me included. Yeah, I the can hologram agree. of yeah. Prince or yeah. the hologram sheets or something. It was just cheesy, cheap, horrible. Where's Janet Jackson? That's when Janet Jackson Appreciation Day really started. I, I think so. One. But of the big, big, big ones, the Coldplay, Beyonce, Bruno, Bruno Mars, Mars has really the most YouTube views. Yeah. Um, from their performance. Well, the production on that with, was really spectacular. Oh, yeah. It really was. It was. And they remember it was Coldplay and people were having such a fit. Then, thank goodness, they added they, Bruno, Bruno Mars, Mars and Beyonce, Beyonce to amp it up. But this year, it's uh, it's uh, Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar and Eminem, uh, Dr. Dre, and then Mary J. Blige. Uh, so um, I think it's hysterical that they're playing the loud music, so no, it can't leak out. Right, what's going to play? And and there, Mickey Guyton is singing the national anthem, mm-hmm. and she is just blown away that she has this opportunity. Uh, I would be so nervous. Oh, please! And um, mm, I forget who's singing the America the Beautiful. It's an I forget her singer. name too. Jaheen, Jaheen, yeah. Iko. I don't know if I'm saying her name. Ron Snoop Dogg is not worried about um, stage fright. He says he's he gets more wor- while he's going through it. It's nothing, but as soon as he gets off stage, he wonders what the people will have to say. 
Well, here's one of, you know, they have the prop bets every year, yes. crazy, crazy bets. And one of them was, will Snoop Dogg smoke on stage during the halftime show? Oh. oh. Um, and the odds are actually in favor of him not smoking. Yeah, I was going to say. 59% no. Yeah, because of all the pyrotechnics or other stuff that might be out there. Maybe. Uh, the dancers. Yes. Will Eminem be censored at any point? Yeah. There's, the odds are yes. yes. Oh, yeah. 64%. Yes. Yeah. Will there be a wardrobe malfunction? No. Mm. No. Mm-mm. Um, other things are like um how many Super Bowl commercials will have a dog in them? Thirty percent? Six point seven of oh, them. There's a fifty seven oh, really? percent chance that they're gonna have a dog. Um what's the first godmother, goddaughter uh ad to air in Super Bowl this year? That's it's gonna happen. What do you year. mean, godmother, goddaughter? What does that even mean? Who's the first godmother, goddaughter Super Bowl oh. ad that's going to air this oh, Sunday? Oh, is Miley Cyrus and Dolly Parton doing an ad? You got it. What's their ad for? It's for Dolt for the phones. What does Adult do? Don't have any idea, but they've joined forces for Dolt for the phones. It's, it's a do- T-Mobile ad. Okay. Oh, okay. oh. Dolt. Dolt. I wish it was something that yeah. could help your mom. I don't know. I, don't <laughs> I know. wish there was the phone that could help your parents. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know don't about that. Don't push this button. You've pushed it five times. All right, times. Julie, you've, you've dawdled long enough. Now give us your Super Bowl pick. Oh, you're so unfair. You had all night to think <laughs> about yours. I'm not I telling. only decided today. I can't decide yet because I really am torn. I really want don't. the Bengals to win, but I want the Rams to win for the offensive coordinator. So just give us... What you think is going to happen? I mean, this, Brian, there's no, there's no bad pick. There's no bad pick. Brian made it clear he wants somebody to win, but he's picking the other team. I can't even remember, but I think I the Rams love, win. I love how you made it clear that you want a winner. I've made it clear I want it to be close. Okay, Julia will only commit to close. Mm-hmm, that's <laughs> it. I want it close, and I um, I want it really close. Okay, okay. And so. I want a good defensive game. I don't want it to be all offense. Okay, so... So I want a low-scoring close game. Okay, low-scoring close game. Okay. Uh, Brian and I would like to see some action, so mm-hmm. we're going to stick with our 27-24 and 34-31. Okay. We're going out on the on the football limb and Low-scoring is in the, the, the high teens, low 20s. But yeah, you've got too many caveats now. I really this do. is you're the worst. Can I design my own game? Yes. No, <laughs> no, no. You're not going to get any kind of I'd like trophy. Kevin Gossner sitting next to me while I watch it, too. Can <laughs> someone make that happen? All right. It's time for Random Thoughts. We'll be right back. You know, I saw this story the other day. Do you ever notice that? You know, sometimes I wonder what would happen if. And now Julia's Random Thoughts. He looks like that puppet. I don't know. He's had cheeky implants. It's just random. That's all it is. All right, so let's see here. Why do we give red roses for Valentine's Day, you ask? I So many people have asked me that in the last 24 hours. I figure I'm going to help you out a little bit, okay. okay? So why red, la la la, comes down to a blend of mythological and practical reasons. Um, so with love in the Greek lore, some stories say that first red roses were created when Greek goddess Aphrodite was scratched by a white rose's thorn, causing the rose to turn red. Um, others say that the first red rose grew on the ground where Adonis, Aphrodite's lover, died and the goddess fe- tears fell. So okay. one or the other, who the hell knows? Okay. Properly dramatic, 
the accent of red roses as a romantic gift really started happening in the 19th century in England when the idea of assigning meaning to different varieties of flowers really grew. Um, Red roses in particular began to have connotations with love because at the time, red dye was expensive Mm. and seen as a luxury. That a red rose provided similar visual, visual appeal made them special. But from the practical size, it also endured because red roses tolerate transportation really well. So they last longer. Mm-hmm. They're a good blend of aesthetics and hardiness. Two good traits of a flower that need to be portable as well as striking. They're, um, of course, expensive, but in the moment, they say a lot and they do mean love. If you give a red rose, mm-hmm. you mean you mean business. That's right. Okay. Okay. Do you want to know the top gifts to give women and men what they want for Valentine's Day? Tell me what you would want. <sighs> a glamorous closet. I've asked Casey Lori, for a glamorous Lori, closet, and it can be every Lori, gift that comes my way in 2022. You're like one of my kids, mm-hmm. Mom. I want skis. It can be Christmas. It can be Valentine's. It can be my birthday. It could be your Mother's Day gift. Yes. I mean, I love it. So mm-hmm. it's like your kids. So that's what you want—a glam, a glam closet. I, I want a spare bedroom to be changed into a staging glamour closet. Okay, Brian. Now that didn't come up on the list of the top five. <laughs> Brian, what would you want if so? I don't know if you're in a relationship or not, but what would you want? Um, I don't know. I mean, nothing big. Maybe I don't know. I'll help you out. You yeah. don't have to answer. Yeah. Okay, so according... You want some Mike's Organic Beard Oil from the Mall of yeah, America. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, I saw you Shine going up like my beard that. Back here. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it sounded good, didn't it? All yeah. right, so for women, these are what? The top five things that Flowers women have got to be there. A card. Yeah, yep. And it does. It can be handmade. I mean, all those cute cards that we had sent here, that mm-hmm. we sent out. Flowers is number two. Mm-hmm. Chocolates or candy. I don't believe that's number three, but it is. A nice dinner out in jewelry. Mm-hmm. The top things a man wants are a card, a nice dinner out, Sex. sexual favors, mm-hmm. chocolates or candy, and in the fifth place, nothing. Yeah. They just said sex. nothing. Yeah. Sex. Basically. <laughs> basically. Yeah. <laughs> basically sex. Mm-hmm. Men are twice as likely to be hoping for sex on Valentine's Day as women are. Mm-hmm. Um, other g- gifts that ranked high were electronics, clothing or lingerie, yeah, and wine or liquor. Yeah. So yep. there's a lot of choices about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, but really, the moral of the story is 22% of guys want sex and women want, you know, a little more expression in a different way. Yeah. Nothing new. We've So we've learned absolutely, absolutely nothing. nothing that is correct, Julia. Nothing new. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. People have also said Valentine's Day is like their least favorite holiday. Yeah, because if you're single, you know, what's the big deal? If you're married, you're like, well, what's the big deal? But then it is a big deal. Or if you're in the just... Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson... Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts.
I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Newly dating. It just like, it's just like, oh, get out of here, February 14th. Get out of here. You put pressure on. <laughs> I remember when I first started dating Bill on around the 14th and it was new and I was like, what happens? I think that's probably what the happens. Worst. It's in so much anxiety. Like what in happens? And I believe area it was really uncomfortable. Yeah, it was really because we why, met like after Christmas. That's why after February fourteenth, Horny Week can commence with um, okay, great Lori, enthusiasm. Lori has told us that next week is is Horny Week. Horny it all week. starts on Tuesday. Yeah, but this weekend we uh, read that the um, the vaccine card lifts have been in both St. Paul and Minneapolis at mm-hmm. the restaurants, so people yeah. can go to restaurants not have to worry about that anymore. Yeah, so that's good news for people. Mm-hmm. Um, other things that we know about anything, Lori. Well. We know what a Dracula maid outfit is because Holly posted it for us. Okay, I never, both of us, we saw it, like Holly lists what she posts and she sends us an email before the show, which thank mm-hmm. you so much, Holly, for what you do. Yeah. And so we get it and I'm like, Lori, mm-hmm. who knew that there was a thing as mm-hmm. a Dracula late, a Dracula French maid? So it's not even a Dracula French maid, it would be a Dracula, just maid a Dracula out, maid. because no, it kind of looks like a maid. Listen, it's a favorite Halloween costume. Put on something <laughs> skimpy with an apron and it, grab a feather duster and make an accent up. Okay? You really... It, it never it's fails. really kind of hysterical. Mm-hmm. It's hysterical. Okay, so um, with the Super Bowl, it, it's, it keeps creeping up every year, but more and more people think, why not just have it on a Saturday so we Listen, can party? You cannot rain on my theory. Oh, all right. That's a theory. Well, how would I know? You wouldn't because we don't discuss these things. We don't discuss anything. But this is a theory that gets talked about every year and the numbers keep climbing for the Super Bowl to be moved to a Saturday. They do. All right. So here's what's happening in Indonesia Indonesia from the Indonesia newspaper. A huge crocodile is in the news after an entire community has worked together to remove a tire that was stuck around its neck for six years. Years. Oh my word! Six years. Six years. Must have gotten. They've very been trying thin. to catch it. Mm-hmm. They never managed to get the tire off until now. You're right, Lori. Yeah, Weight it loss. was getting thin. Weight loss. You just had to, to hook it really quick. There's also the story. That's like the bear with his, you know, head and like a the bubble gum. The yeah. jar. The jar. <laughs> yes. A jar of yes. honey or something. Yes. <laughs> yeah, one of those big plastic <laughs> bubble gum things. And, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's terrible. <laughs> You can't have your animals doing that. No, you can't. Um, so there's always there's been a story for many years about this group of guys, older gentlemen, that go to all the Super Bowl games. They have been going for 55 years in a row. They're getting up there in their age. So they're saying this is probably going to be their last one. They lost mm-hmm. one of them. But um, Don Chrisman from Maine is 85 years old. Um, wow. Gregory, I, I, I think we hear about these guys. We do guys. every year. Yeah. 82-year-old Gregory Eaton from Michigan is dealing with some health issues, too. And the youngest is Tom Henschel. He's 80. He thinks he might be able to get in a couple more, but his friends are certainly going to hang up their hats. Oh. But they are so excited. 
that they're going to be going. So we'll see them on TV. Yeah, we will. Oh, nice. Yes. Love it. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. We This is a lucky week, you guys. We have a two LoJ Book Club picks this week. It's two and for Tuesday. Two it's Thursday. for Thursday. And PJ Tracy is joining us. And I think we talked to her almost exactly one year ago. And your new book, which is the second book in the Margaret Nolan series, Desolation Canyon, is out. And it is so fantastic. Thank you so much. I'm glad you enjoyed it. How are you, ladies? We are good. We are so I mean, good. How have you been? Well, wonderful. You know, struggling, I guess, like everyone, and going partially insane. Yeah. But, you know, it's a short drive, I guess. Yeah, there you go. I mean, you're working at home. And <laughs> you're, what, was, what was last year's book, which was our... Uh, you know, oh, last year's book was Deep Into the Dark. Yes. Deep into and it the was dark. the inaugural novel of yes. um, this new series. Yes. And Death Ridge Canyon is a follow up, and I am just finishing number three. Uh, how many books? I know you were writing team with your mom. How many books have you written, PJ? Um, I'm working on number 13. Lucky wow. number Lucky 13. 13. Isn't that something? Um, give us a setup of Desolation Canyon for people who are listening and looking for, you know, a police procedural thriller type of a book. Because this is this is this a book is for there. you. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. um, well, a woman and her young daughter escape cult compound in Death Valley that masquerades as a spiritual retreat for the rich and famous. And it's led by a deranged charismatic called Father Paul. And a day later, these poor women are kidnapped by a violent, insalubrious stranger who demands answers about the cults. And meanwhile, down in Los Angeles, um, Margaret Nolan is struggling with line-of-duty shooting and her mother's inability to deal with her son's death in Afghanistan. And on top of that, she's puzzling over the corpse of an attorney who's found in Swan Lake on the grounds of the posh hotel Bel Air. And her discovery that the murder victim's son was kidnapped decades ago kind of pulls the already crazy investigation into multiple directions, which leads to an ex-KGB crime boss, her lover's dark family secrets, and ultimately up to Death Valley where she confronts Father Paul. I mean, it's very twisty. It, it's it is unbelievable. Very, very it's very twisty, twisty and, and exciting. So it yes, is. it really is. And you know, PJ, I would um, at this point, I am so fond of uh, Maggie Dolan, our uh, Nolan. LAPD mm-hmm. detective. Oh. I'm so fond of her, and I feel like with this character, and even though she's only starred in two books so far, I feel like you have a character that is. Like uh, Brian Freeman's Jonathan Stride or William Kent Kruger's Cork O'Connor yep. or Conley's Bosch, you know, but we have a woman. Right. And, you know, after doing the Monkey Ranch series, uh, yes. 10 books in that series, and, you know, there was a, a female lead in Grace McBride, and, but the two cops, Mangozzi and Rolseth, were, you know, primaries. And so I really felt when I um, took a break from that series, it was so important to get a big, strong, powerful female lead. And she, you know, truly has a prodigious amount of history and backstory and i feel um you know as she arcs and grows as i continue mm-hmm. the series you know she's just got so many places to go and it's really really exciting and 
you know, I'm enlightening in ways to write about her because I don't know what she's going to do from day to day to tell you the truth. Did well, you, did you have to do, I'm just kind of curious, you know, do you have to do a lot of research to figure out, you know, did you know someone, you know, a detective in your life that you know so much about what they do and, you know, are oh, able to write? Yeah, yes. Um, you know, PJ works with uh, cops and lawyers, um, the county attorney for years and years, and you know, we've always had many, many friends in law enforcement, you know, both federal and local. And I lived in um, Los Angeles for 10 years. Oh. And some of my very best friends um, were cops and detectives there. And, and one of them was actually captain of LAPD SWAT and had the anti-terrorist task force. Wow. So, um, you know, I love research and I love to do a ton of research and it's fiction. So obviously you can take liberties. But I always feel it's really important, you know, to get certain things right. You know, oh, and, and that they, they do so much for us. And I just want to, you know, make sure that they're portrayed in the way that they are they, you know, in cool. real life. They, How, you know, within yeah. reason. Yeah. How about this, PJ? How about the research that you did into, like, uh, creating, you know, this father, Paul, who is just like, oh, my gosh. The, I, know what, gonna I know what you're going to ask. I know what you're going to ask. What about, uh, did you... Cults? Did you do some investigating of like how a cult could be used for a cover-up for doing something black market or trafficking? Well, that was actually my own business plan, and I thought, <laughs> well, I probably shouldn't go there, so I'm just going to fictionalize it. Yeah. No, actually, um, um, I was a Russian major and Russian studies. Okay. So oh, that was always very, you know, you spent four years of blood, sweat, and tears studying something. And so that's where the Russian component came in. I felt like it was a really great companion, Mm -hmm. um, you know, with the uh, organized crime um, for a really insane character. And and as far as the cults go, you know, it's something that's always fascinated me because, you know, it's almost incomprehensible that they can exist. There's so much psychological maneuvering going Mm -hmm. on in there. So I've always been fascinated. I mean... No, I always think it's like, oh, there is not one kid who says, when I grow up, I'm going to be cult leader. Right. right. You know, and conversely, when I grow up, I want to be a cult follower, right? So it's it's fascinating. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's it such really, a good book. Really, I felt lucky I got to read it, um, you know, at the beach. So I got to just, like, read it basically in a day. And oh, Oh, yeah. It was really good. She's, that's the, it's maddening working with this woman. Yeah, well. But she does, she can pound through them. I just, like, really appreciate it. I would like to ask you, like, do you have a favorite uh, novel that you think is underappreciated that more people might want to check out or an underappreciated author? Oh, my gosh. It's so hard. You know, I, I I'm always so busy, I have very, very little time to, to read. ever read. Okay. And when I do, it's a binge read, and um, I'll read like 10 books in a week. And I, oh, you're you like, know, I can barely remember my own book titles. So. What was the book, well, PJ, what was the book when you were a kid that got you into reading? You know, um, pretty much everything that I ever read, but I can tell you that... Um, I, you know, really cut my teeth at a very early age on, like, you know, Stephen King and Robert McCammon. I mean, I I read The Shining when I was 10. Oh, my God. Okay. Wow. What were your parents doing? 
But, um, you know, and even from anything from, you know, Steinbeck to, I mean, just mm-hmm. I'll, Dostoevsky, I'll read anything. But, you know, one author who is beloved to me um, and, you know, for younger generations probably maybe unknown or definitely underappreciated, but an incredible writer is Nelson DeMille. Yes. And he's been around forever. The General's Daughter. Nelson DeMille wrote The General's Daughter and I think The Charm School. Yes, The Charm School and mm-hmm. Up Country is a really wonderful mm-hmm. book. He um, served in Vietnam and it's about a vet uh, going back to Vietnam when it's, you know, very, very, I mean, not open at all to investigate the death of a, a colonel in the army. And it's just, it's so good that terrifying and scary and does such a good job kind of getting behind the wall of the Eastern Bloc and communism. But, you know, everything he writes is a joy. You know, he's just, the characters are great. I love hearing that because I've never read him. You've never oh, read no. Nelson oh DeMille? No, no. Oh, my gosh. No, so, love it. No. Yeah. Like in the 80s is when, you know, like his book, I mean, you couldn't go to an well, airport without seeing, I've seen, yeah. uh, you know, a Nelson DeMille. But the charm right. school, I always felt like the creators of that FX TV show, The Americans, right. maybe read that book, The Charm School, because it's very much about... How do we train these Russian KGB agents to be Americans and then Exactly, I'm sure they did. I bet they did. Yeah, that is Charm School, but yeah, I highly recommend them. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, cool. we highly recommend yes. you, PJ Tracy, and you were. You were on our show last Literally, February yes. 11th. For- Was it serious? Oh my gosh, that's yeah. right. Oh, well, I remember, but February 11th, so... We- we're like, it's a one-year anniversary for It us. is. That's it right. Is. And so will the third Detective Margaret Nolan book be out next uh, February? I believe that this okay. one is going to be out next spring. Next spring. Which is a little better because things will be opened up by then, and it's a lot easier to travel when it's right. on 22 below. Right. No, right. I know it. I know it. Well, thank you so much. Um, the we, book is Desolation Canyon. Canyon. We just absolutely loved it. It's a police procedural thriller Maggie Nolan, Lieutenant uh, Maggie Nolan, just a great character, and you're a terrific writer. And thank you. Oh, thank you, ladies. It was as light as always, and we'll chat a year from now. I hope so. Let's plan on it. Okay, and we've also got two copies of the book to give away. If you give Brian a buzz right now at 651-641-1071, we'll get your name and addresses and get them out to you, and we are going to be right back with some Hollywood speak. So... What are you trying to say? Hollywood! Hollywood's speaking! What is the meaning of this? Okay, so Snoop Dogg, uh, you know, was doing an interview, um, and he was asked about uh, Kanye's big rubber boots that he's so fond of wearing, which are Red Wing, by the way. They're Red Wing work boots. I love big, that. oversized boots. Right out, of, he, right out of here. Yeah. Yep. He wears them everywhere. Here's what, the, here's what the Snoop had to say. Ain't no, ain't no way in the world I can crip walk in them mother bleeping big bleep space boots. Only way I'd wear them mother bleepers if they got me jumping off the Empire State Building into a lake full of gators or some other stuff, and I gotta walk on the gators like pitfall to get out of there. Wow, what? We I, get it. That's a no, I, Lori. You that think? is a strong no. He goes on to say, but I'll tell you what. I'd never wear those things. I'm glad it never snows in California, even though Kanye wears them daily in California. 
Well, it's like the modern day Ugg. <laughs> it's the modern Red Wing is, you know, but they have like the coolest shoes and they're hip. But big ass space yeah, boots I, those, is hysterical. I'm on their website and I don't see those. Yeah. Ooh, it could be misidentified in this uh, interview that they're red, oversized Red Wing I, I, boots. They don't look like their look, but I could be totally wrong. But uh, no way. I couldn't see you wearing them either, Snoop, and we'll take that as a no. That's just so funny. I know, and he really likes that mother bleeper word. Well, you know, these are available. Yeah, they're one fifty nine ninety nine. They have the, been sold out. Name? What's the name? They've been sold out at Red Wings since well, he first stepped out in a pair. And these boots are now going for twenty five hundred on wow. Poshmark. Okay, there you go. Because I don't. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're okay. sold out. Well, all their Red Wing shoes are at Schnee's in downtown Bozeman, mm-hmm. and I remember a couple years ago when our niece. Um, had a birthday and was going to get a pair of Grammy was going to help fund yeah. them. And I'm like, how much are they? And she's, she said like three something or yeah. something. I'm like, well, what are they? And she said Red Wing. And I said, wow. Yeah. But they have the cutest, the cutest stuff. Okay. Let's digress. Let's go okay. back to Hollywood speaking. Let's do it. What does this mean? This is a Hollywood sports speak for you and Bryant. The right. Cleveland Bengals quarterback has been sacked more than any other quarterback this season, 51 times. For most teams, right, letting your QB get sacked that many times would be a recipe for disaster. But it is the first time in NFL history that the most sacked quarterback in the NFL led his team to the Super Bowl. Really? Yeah. These guys are such underdogs, Lori. So what is the Hollywood sports speak on having... A quarterback that's the most sacked, but yet still goes to the Super Bowl. He just has so many offensive weapons, like for a receiver and his running back for Joe Mixon. Unbelievable. Those he guys have scramble. carried. Yeah. Okay. He, he can, can scramble. scramble. So that's He's a scrambler. He can I'm get like, out of someone, the pocket. He doesn't have to stay in the pocket. I'm he can like, move around. Someone needs to explain how the most sacked QB is now going to the Super Bowl, and that's never happened before. Oh, he has some beasts for, like, receivers he with uh, yeah, okay. T. Higgins and all those guys. So. Okay, yeah. all right, there. I'm so I'm so uh, glad to know, because I'm like, what in the hell does that mean? I really didn't know. All right, someone asked, here's one for you, Steven okay. Soderbergh. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you ever direct superhero movies? Steven Soderbergh, what mm-hmm. did he say? Because nobody has sex in them. <laughs> that is an excellent reason. <laughs> And it is true. You, no, it's true. There's when a couple, is anyone ever getting laid? But there's all this to. longing. There is a lot of longing, longing going on in in these right. superhero movies. But we, they've always got on the suits. There's too much. It's not accessible. Sex is not accessible when you're a superhero in those rubber suits. And this is the, it'd be too hard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it'd be too hard to get it on. You really but you could get it on as your alter ego. I know, but we don't see a lot of That's alter ego right. time. Okay. Uh, Nick Cannon says the condom vending machine that Kevin Hart gave him caused him baby mama drama, quote unquote. Um, wow. So Kevin Hart gave him a condom machine as a joke. Mm-hmm. And I like don't. A, it looks like a regular old vending machine. It does. He just stacked it with Durex and Trojan condoms. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the baby mama trauma part of it is that affected his people, but. It it's a very sit, funny joke. It didn't sit well with the mothers of his children. And oh, he told please. Entertainment Get a sense of Was I had some maybe baby mama drama. Who sent you that? Who sent you that? So I had to do some real life stuff. 
And then when I told who really did it, everybody relaxed. So they didn't know, like he did. He was trying to keep it on, on the, the down low. Uh, well, or maybe whatever. Kevin Hart sent it as a prank and didn't tell him who. It right. Was. But all the baby mamas were like maybe getting freaked out, you know, because really. There's a lot. There's a lot of competition. Yeah. For his attention. Kevin Hart stood by his beautiful prank. He said, it's about complicating a person's day. How do I make a day difficult? That was a beautiful prank. <laughs> okay, that's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> that's very funny. Okay, so he is going to be, Lori, on... Okay, I don't know if you've heard of this. You may have watched this back in the day, but the season premiere tonight is on BET of Real Husbands of Hollywood. Oh, yeah, that's like the second or third season of this show. No, it's it's at least the second season, for sure. This show's been on before. It's six years ago. Yeah. But this is their first time coming back. Okay, got it, got and it. And it's with Kevin Hart, Robin Thicke, Nick Cannon. So I think that was what they were doing. Dwayne Martin, Jackie Long. Yeah. So it's tonight on BET. They're playing like their alter egos. Yeah, it used to be on E. And oh. Yeah, maybe it was only on one so season, but this I did was, watch it. It's been, it hasn't been around. I thought it's kind of, kind of sudden funny. Yeah, no, it has it has been on before, and it's making great fun of all of. I think that's where the cannon machine happened. Yeah. Okay, Gene Kasem has is having a huge estate auction. Will sign, you know, selling everything that uh, Casey Kasem had his top forty radio host microphone, mm. letters, guitar collection, everything. Paging Ryan Seacrest. Lori, I hate you. We think (laughs) it's too much alike now. We've morphed into the same person. But basically, basically, you know Ryan Seacrest is going to be bidding on this. It's Julian's auction. Uh, Here's just a quick uh, quiz. Casey Kasem, of course, hosted the radio program American Top Top 40, but he was also the first actor to be the voice of what? Scooby-Doo. That is correct. Shaggy. He had his voice Shaggy. was like mm-hmm. butter. His voice. Yeah. I'm telling you. So you're too young. And a lot, but a lot of people who are, grew up when we grew up, this was all we listened to on the weekends. The American Top 40. Julia, if radio. you were stationed overseas, you lived for Saturday morning on oh. Armed Forces Radio when they would carry American Top we 40. We listened to it whether so, you lived here. I know, but you had absolutely no idea what was going on in oh. America if you were stationed overseas and Armed Forces Radio carried oh. Casey Kasem. And his tease yeah. about when we come back. back yeah. I mean, he mm-hmm. was such a brilliant... He was so great at it. So good. Ireland Baldwin says the media won't stop bringing up the rude, thoughtless little pig thing. This is Alec Baldwin's daughter, who's now twenty something, Mm -hmm. and the media keeps reminding everybody that Alec Baldwin was a Dinkus Moranis to his daughter and left that raging voicemail when she was like nine years old. We were on the air. It was two thousand and seven. She was eleven years old. Look how close I was. Alec Baldwin was raging. You are correct. Um, and he in that he called his daughter a fat little pig, godless little pig, and not in a cute or jokey way. He was very mad at her. He also, uh, my personal favorite, I had to dig back to see what else he said. A well-off sel- silver spoon-fed brat with no real job. She's eleven. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, we didn't. We didn't. No one made up those. That rude, thoughtless little pig. No. That's your dad that right. said that. Sorry no. that it keeps coming up. Yeah, she joined TikTok's That's Not My Name Challenge, which is a way for famous people to list previous character names that no one has ever called them. And she just kind of brought that up as 
I guess she should have a conversation with her dad about that voicemail he left her. Oh, I'm sure they have, Laurie. And it didn't the mom, Kim Basinger, wasn't she the one they thought leaked it to TMZ, even mm-hmm. though she said no, she wouldn't have done that right. to her daughter? Do you believe that? To an 11 year I know old, that crazy. at the time there was parent alienation going on. Do you I, I, know that? Well, we had heard it. And the only we reason. Don't know that. Well, you never believed this. I never did. Because, you never Ryan, it. Or because Alec Baldwin, I just think, is. A but I wonder if that's why head. he has so many kids now that he. I, I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? I, I know nothing to do. I can't go anywhere with okay. that. Okay. Judge orders Erica Jane to turn in a pair of $750,000 diamond earrings. Um. So they can sell them and well, she's, pay some orphans. She needs to. Do you think it's she about will? to? Well, she didn't volunteer them. I mean, this woman. They oh, he did issue the ruling. She has to. I'm glad. At least these. she was not willing to help these people. She has been unsympathetic about her husband's crap, whether she was in it or not. I mean, people. Her husband embezzled so much money, and she she benefited from it. Yeah, she has not been willing to give up anything that they didn't come in and seize. So this is how it'll now be. We're going for back and now we're going for the jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to do That's it. That's the way to do it. All right. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is Lori and Julia. My talk 107.1.